Oh, guys, I'm so tired of all this exhausting questing and all these meaningful plots we've been engaged in. I know. I wish we could just have, like, a relaxing day with some holiday cheer and romance. And hot chocolate? Oh, I love mead. What? Huh? Nice. Hello, satirists, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the movie podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mokel, here with my holiday co-hosts. I'm Jack Olander, neighbor to the only poor person in town. And I'm Chelsea Hollowell, a knight who just needs to follow up on her quest. That's As reasonable. we all do. Yeah. Well, guys. What do I need to follow up on? Like, I already started it. <laughs> I've been putting this you, off. You haven't, tur- you haven't really? turned it in yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're waiting because yeah. you have, like, a few more quests that are in, like, a similar area that you have to turn it in. So you're, like, you don't want to go back to town to turn it in yet. You want to, like, get some of the other stuff out of the way. So you can kind of just well, do it in an economical way. don't want the journey to be over yet. That's that is. I was imagining a procrastination sort of thing where you're like, I'm meeting the king in like three days. I'll finish my quest the night before, (laughs) and then I can present it. Because that's pretty fitting with this movie. Because quests are term papers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And kings are kind of like professors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, this is probably a shock to some of our listeners that. We're, we're joining them at an unusual time. Unless they're listening in the future, in which case they probably don't have any idea that this was released on a different day than usual. We didn't yeah. release this episode on Satire Day. We released this on Christmas Day. It's a Christmas miracle for swords and satire. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get that, you know, Christmas feeling, you could eat some sugar plums, drink some hot cocoa while you listen to this. That's probably, I mean, I think that those rules could apply for every episode of Swords yeah, yeah. of Satire. Yeah, yeah. Eat an orange, drink some mead, nice. bake some bread. <laughs> oh, don't forget to put a magic bean in it. Yeah. Yeah. Not our first magic bean movie, but we should probably tell the listeners what movie we watched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just kind of. Because for this special holiday cheer episode... We haven't said the name of the movie yet. Nope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell the listeners. Tell them. I feel like I should string them along a little bit. Could be literally any satire Christmas movie. That's right. Well, for this special episode, we watched 2019's The Night Before Christmas. That is Kniet. K-N-I-G-H-T before Christmas. Like a medieval night. Like a medieval night. Not unlike the night of the dead. Right. Ah, yes. Uh, But yeah, again, this was a Netflix film released this year in the year of our Lord, 2019. (laughs) Directed by Monica Mitchell. Starring uh, Vanessa Hudgens, Josh Whitehouse, 
and uh, a bunch of other people. He was a white house. And a bunch of other people I don't know. So I think this is the first time I've ever seen a Vanessa Hudgens movie. Yeah. Or that I ever saw her she in any way, shape, vaguely or form. She familiar, just like a lot of the other people in the film. I must have seen them in other, as extras in other movies or something. Oh, yeah, everyone had that, like, handsome extra from another piece of media quality to them. And yeah. they were all, like, giving it their best. Yeah. Have know? I oh, yeah. been here before? I've been here before. <laughs> have I been here before? <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been here before. <laughs> I think one of the most immersive parts of this movie was uh, that the date written on the chalkboard in school was very nearly today's date. It was like December 18th, 2019, Whoa. and we watched this on, I don't know, like December 22nd. Very close. Huh. I was I was instantly immersed. Yeah. We watched it on Yule, December 21st, the That's first right. day of Yule. A real holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh I'll give I'll give you guys a short summary here because it's a pretty Cuz there's not much to talk. <laughs> it's a pretty straightforward movie without a lot of conflict and we're going to go into that more in a <laughs> bit. But it's just like a real wholesome movie, so Yeah. This is the wholesome meme of movies. Yeah. A wholesome movie. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, a, a totally different uh, brand of movie for us here on Swords and Satire. And if you hear that I'm losing my voice a little bit, that's because I am. And It's uh, a good reason to be losing your voice. I'm uh, getting over being sick a little bit, so just bear with me. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. The summary. So in the night before Christmas... The movie. Um, <laughs> the Canute. <laughs> there are two people separated by time, but their love knows no bounds. And their <laughs> their love breaks the barrier of time itself. <laughs> is, is Are the two people Vanessa Hudgens and a bean? <laughs> yeah. Yes. She sucks on that bean hard. Damn! <laughs> so, he is Sir Cole. Bearing from Norwich, England, 1334 A.D. She is Brooke, a middle school teacher, I believe, hailing from Bracebridge, Ohio, 2019. Wait, is this a wrestling match? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of. So, true love cannot keep them apart, though. And with the help of an old crone who just lives behind some tree in the forest. She's just always chilling back there. She's just waiting for Cole to show um, up. Ah! She, she's probably like, this woman's probably only like 40 something years old. I know. She looked like she was between, like mid 40s to mid 50s, somewhere in there. And they kept calling her a fucking old crone. I, I mean, what I just want to say, he's calling her the crone. But I mean, you know, it kind of makes sense for the time period, right? I mean, when the average life expectancy is only like... 30 years old. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> right. So, the the old crone from the forest pushes Cole into the future. It's it's very non-consensual compared to everything else in the film. It is one of the few conflicts. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she gives him a talisman that glows with blue and a blue aura and he is transported through time to 2019 and through space to Bracebridge, Ohio, from England. And from there he realizes how much better things were in his time. And his goal is to fulfill his lifelong quest 
And it's very vague because he doesn't even know what it is. Yeah, apparently he didn't get the note. He didn't have a quest marker. Yeah. So the old crone tells him he <laughs> must complete his quest at midnight on Christmas Eve before he'll be able to return home uh, to see his brother be knighted. So that is his main goal for the movie. Very wholesome. Oh, nice. So um, there he meets Brooke in passing at a festival, a Christmas festival that he stumbles upon. And then later really gets to know her in earnest after she runs him over with her car in a blizzard. And, uh, you know, like anybody would, she invites him back to her home as a perfect stranger. To stay with her for an indeterminate amount of time. She and a police officer who kind of comes along thinks he's lost his memory after he hit his head from being hit with the car. So they just kind of take it in stride that he talks about being a knight from the uh, 14th century. And uh, yeah, they'll get his memory back. They're not terribly concerned about the possibility of traumatic head injury from getting hit by a car. But I guess they say the armor protected him. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't matter much to the plot, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So they get to know each other over the course of several days between... December 18th to the 24th, so six days, and, um... They go very quickly. Yeah, and he's, like, pretty chill with all the new technology he's seeing, and he picks it up pretty fucking quickly, and they even do have a Netflix and chill moment together. Yeah, that's when you hang out and watch Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah, and just, like, fall asleep like cute friends next He to picks each other. up technology faster than, like, people I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he he's just pretty relaxed about the whole thing. He even drives around at one point during the movie. Yes, he drives uh, Brooke's mechanical horse. They get into a lot of hijinks together, wholesome hijinks. They at one point they go and cut down a Christmas tree. These hijinks um, are the most wholesome they, hijinks they I've ever seen. So they bake a lot of bread together. Charlie Brown got into more trouble than these guys. <laughs> he helps them decorate their home for Christmas. <laughs> the whole like hijinks of the bread baking scene was just like, wow, they sure baked a lot of bread. <laughs> oh man, what's going to happen with all the bread? Can they eat it at the party? Yeah, it's just like, is he eating food off the shelves at the grocery store? Oh, Cole, come oh, on. Oh, Cole. Yeah, he's like, he wants to buy six cases of hot chocolate that he somehow thinks is mead. And Brooke is like, no, you can't buy all that. And then he just puts it in the cart and walks around. She's just like, oh, Cole. Yeah. So, eventually they, they really start to develop deeper feelings for each other after spending all this time together. And after throwing a party successfully together at the community center... <laughs> and giving a bunch of money to the poor people. kisses her while holding mistletoe. And they realize that they love each other, but he also his talisman starts to go blue again, so he knows he can go back home. Apparently he he's feels, completed his quest. He feels like he's completed his quest, he can go back home, and he feels like he, it's something he must do, even though... He realizes after kissing her that they both love each other. So his quest was to uh, mislead a young lady into thinking that they were going to be together, I guess? Was to kiss it and quit it. You know? Yeah. I guess so. So he actually does go back home. And then she finds a magic bean and bread that he baked. And 
And she loses it. He told her that if anybody finds the bean, they get to make a wish. So she wishes for Cole to come back home to the future. So then he goes back to the forest calling, Old Crone, Old Crone. And she just kind of comes out from behind the tree. Because she's just waiting for young Cole to come and talk to her. He tells her that he has found true love and he must go back to her. And she just says, well, since you're such a nice young man, I'll do this for you. And she just kind of whisks him away back to the future. Yeah, uses that scary, scary magic to send him back to the future. I really thought that she was going to like force him to do something with any stakes to have to go back or to give something up. But no, she's just like, all right, you can go. Yep. Yeah. So he goes back to the future, meets up with Brooke, they kiss, and they ride off on his horse together. Then, what a euphemism. <laughs> then, after the credits, we see the old crone going up to his brother and asking him for help, and he tells her that he's at her service. And that's all you have to say to her to be whisked away through time. But this time, the stone glows red. Exactly. So what does that mean? Yo, he's going to hell now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we'll get into that in the rewriting history section. So there's your summary. Wow, what a summary. What comes next? So concise. Yeah. Well, with that out of the way, I guess it's time for the part of the podcast that most needs a renaming. It's time for the bulk. Where we talk about the themes, scenes, making of, critiques, and just whatever the fuck we want about this fantastical little Christmas romp. Something we need to talk about is the old crone. I was going to say, we got to talk about this crone. (laughs) She's so crazy. (laughs) First off, why is she living behind the tree? Yeah, and she's almost like a forest sprite in the way she acts. She's almost, she looks like a woman between... Like, mid-50s to mid-60s, so not somebody I would typically call an old crone, but in the 14th century, maybe. She was the oldest woman alive at that Gray time. Gray hair, you know. Um, But she acted more like a giggling young girl. It was kind of off-putting. I kind of like that, though. We but that's why I thought that there was some sinister, like, nature to what she was doing, or, or like, that she was, like... I mean, you know, th- this is the usual setup for, like, an evil stepmother type, right? Or, right? or, like, somebody who has foul intentions for the main character. But, no, she's just like, oh, dude, you're going to become a knight. That's awesome. But before that, you got to, like, go somewhere and fulfill this quest. That I'm not going to tell you what it is. got to figure out what the quest is. But I'm going to send you here. And then and then there's no, there's nothing bad. There's no sinister nature uh, yeah. to it. I think it's important to mention that the old crone is Mrs. Claus. I think she is. Yeah, we... uh, Well, she can, like, assume the body of anyone who's cosplaying Mrs. Claus as well. (laughs) She can. In the future, she should show up. But that only happens in the very beginning. No, it happens later. She's watching Cole the whole time. From it's the true. Cabin. There were so many false moments where, like, Cole went up to that Mrs. Claus lady and said, "Old crone," and then the her husband was like, "Please stop calling my wife a crone." Yeah. Like I after <laughs> that, that I never funny, trusted actually. that it was the same woman from the beginning of the movie. Well, because it wasn't for most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. I just I never felt like I knew who she was at that after that. It's true, but yeah, that just solidifies my idea that in Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus are archfey, and you should <laughs> be able to be a warlock with 
Santa is your patron. Oh my god, are you saying that Cole is a, is a warlock? Oh, the Hexblade? He, maybe his brother could be. More on that later. Yeah. So, something else I want to point out is, like, I mean, we talked about how Cole is completely, like, adaptable to this new reality. 700 years in the future, almost, and he's just able to pick it up like there's nothing to it. Like, when he first gets there, he sees a plane fly overhead, and he's like, oh yeah, there are mechanical dragons here. He's not shocked by the thought that a dragon exists and is flying around. He is just like, oh, that's cool. Wow. Or cars. He calls them, like, a, a steed but what? and a beast. And then, like, but do they not have carriages where he's from? Why does he think cars are steeds and not steedless carriages? Ah, oh, your metal horse. It can play music. I can tame this beast. And then he's, like, totally chill with the TV and just figures out how to use the remote. Yeah, he's Netflix and chilling, like, just right away on his first day in the modern age. Yeah, he yeah, figures yeah. out how to use an Amazon Echo in the film. He even says the A word that activates it. Her name. Her name. <laughs> yes. The name that I will not name. But, yeah. Well, we could, and we could fuck with everybody's Echo. At the same oh, time that yeah. he's super adaptable, he also seems like he's very naive and innocent. And um, just kind of takes everybody's... Everybody at their word. He's kind of got all the most appealing qualities in a in a love interest. He's very trusting. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's also noble and handsome. I guess. I mean, not my type. And he's confident, urging Brooke to keep faith and to trust other people. He's very knightly. Something that was kind of funny about him too. He measured time by Christmases. He yes, said, he did. He said he was knighted six Christmases ago. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> very... has ever measured time by Christmases. Well, apparently they did. Yeah. Even though, you know, in in our real world 1300s, Christmas would not have been a very important holiday in the grand scheme of things. That is very much a modern invention, like since the rise of industrialism and capitalism has Christmas been the significant holiday that we think of it as? Right. Yeah, I thought that too, but this movie showed me that that's incorrect. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Things were different back then. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Christmas was the start of the new year, of course. I guess so, yeah. yeah. It was very important to Cole. So, yeah. something about his quest is... So, he doesn't know what it is. It's like a lifelong <laughs> quest that every knight has to fulfill, and they, it's different for each person. That's why Cole and, was very relatable to me. And he says that the quest is supposed to challenge your greatest weakness. And uh, the crone in a dream tells him to open your eyes and open your heart and you will know what your quest is. Um, it's right in front of you. And so it, it, as we find out in the end, his like greatest weakness is not having true love. I mean, that's so fucked up. So many people can find meaningful, loving relationships, but like maybe wouldn't find a true love, whatever that means. And like... That's like the central theme of this story is this idea of true love. Yes, which is a totally original concept that I've never seen in another movie, right? (laughs) No, but uh, (laughs) it's just that what does true love even mean, you guys? I kept wondering that. What is true love? It's when you're both financially stable and can get a tax write-off by getting wed together. Also, (laughs) traditionally or conventionally attractive. Yes. Exactly. Okay, I think what it's supposed to be is reciprocated love that is going to last. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm it's listening. an enduring force. It's an enduring. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of exactly. like a, a warlock patron pact. Yes. Well, people like to break those. Why is it? Di- how is it different? People from often other break true love. Forms mm-hmm. of romantic love that people might feel. It, 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 I always get the idea that it's like a deeper form of love. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess the idea is that it won't go away. Like, you'll always have that, like, just fell in love sort of love forever. And I feel like it's, like, somebody that can really understand you. Yeah, exactly. There was there was a line in the movie that, like, given my own, uh, like, knowledge of medieval and renaissance, like, history and, like, chivalry and everything, like, I was kind of blown away by. Because Cole says that... Romance is a lot more complicated in the future. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, the whole idea in, in like, for nights, like, the ideal was that you were going to love somebody so much that you literally became sick. Like, you, you made yourself physically ill. You were so in love with this person. And you had to spend all your time, like, writing poetry and doing acts to show how much you love them. Like, he was a nice dude, but, like, I, I didn't see anything in the movie that he was witnessing that would make him think that love was more complicated in the modern time than it would have been in that period where you had to like basically give yourself an ulcer over anybody that you were attracted to. Yeah, I guess it's just that he wasn't sure how social interactions were like... And yet he picked up technology like a fucking, like, seven-year-old. He picked up slang, too, but he only used it a few times. And he t- he took on an... Uh, so normally he had an English accent. He took on an American accent whenever he was using slang. I always I always loved that. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Yeah, that's, that's like, totally awesome, dude. That's totally... <laughs> like I had a, a Hans that Gruber moment there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was... Yeah, exactly. Which was fitting because it's Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to start that old Those party. moments were a lot of fun. It, it was silly, but I enjoyed yeah. it. That picture <laughs> yeah. box is lit AF. <laughs> he was a char- char- Cole was a charming guy. I gotta. I hate to admit it. For yeah. a for a lame ass white bread dude, like he was. But you know, he had some cool qualities that you don't actually see in a lot of these romance movies because he was modeled after a a knight. Yeah, like he had some cool. He did some cool stuff. He baked bread. He knew how to save a young girl from uh, an ice uh, breaking um, frozen ice. You know, from from a frozen river, frozen lake. Yeah, the from breaking the ice on the frozen break ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the breakable ice that breaks. The frozen. He, yeah, yeah. He, um, the flow. He's <laughs> yeah. he's a very adaptable person, uh, which I think is kind of separate from his, his pursuits as a knight. His his ah. training as a knight. Because when Brooke's niece shows up and is all into the idea of being a knight and wants him to train her, he says, well, girls can't be knights. And then... But Brooke, Brooke says that... Brooke, Brooke gives him the eye and says, yeah. and then just turns her back to him and she says, a girl can be whatever she wants to her niece. And then he's like... And Cole's okay. like, yeah, sure. Sure. No problem. Not? And he starts training her. He's yeah. Like, you know what? Dude. I, I'm in the future. <clears throat> Times that's, is different. That's <laughs> my that's my rewriting history Y'all right there. Yeah. Yeah. Is, oh, is, yeah. Uh, Y'all are different. My my rewriting history right there is uh is Cole training uh, Claire to be a female knight. It's so going to happen. Oh, that's yeah, so yeah. cool. Well, th- more. More, more yeah. later. More later. More later. Um, more, so guys, later. I want to <laughs> I want to talk about some of the themes here. We've talked okay. about true love. Let's talk about mistletoe. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. True sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> so this like woman from like that I guess is Brooke's neighbor who's got eyes for Cole and like there's like the the illusion to tension that's going to happen earlier in the movie <laughs> yeah. where she comes up and she's kind of like, Hey, who's this tall, handsome drink of water? And, <laughs> and Brooke is clearly threatened by this woman. Because she's already kind of developing feelings for Cole. Right. And then, like, at the party, the woman shows up, and I don't remember her name, but the neighbor shows up with some mistletoe and is like, hey, Cole, like, we have this tradition with mistletoe. and Where you I'm, have to kiss if you're caught under Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, here's some, con- we're, fr- like, we're only an hour and 20 minutes in. Here's some conflict, finally. <laughs> well, so he's a knight, so the reason he has conflict in that moment is because, right, he w- always kind of, like, wants to... Do what's right. Like, be a, like, a giving person. He's lawful, and like, too. Yeah. Like, be there for somebody if they say they need something. Oh, yeah, yes. because she frames it like it's, like, a commitment that he right. has to do it. Right. And but, like, I, that's my thing. Is like, I thought that this was going to lead to some kind of subplot where, like, oh, like, you know, Brooke was going to see them kissing and then it's going to spiral into this bigger thing of, like, having the deal. You know, like, what Doubt. happens? That would happen in any other movie like this. And he yeah. looks at... Brooke worried for a second and then looks back at the other woman and that And that's when the neighbor just goes, Oh, you should take this mistletoe and then go kiss Brooke, basically. Yeah This lasted for half a second. Yeah, she sees him looking at her, she sees him looking worried, and she sees the hesitation. And instead of like leaning in to kiss him like that would happen in another movie, or like pulling him in or or kind of pressuring him, she's just kind of like, You should take this and go and Go get practice your Mac the, on. Practice the tradition with somebody you really care about. She said yeah. something like that. Yeah. I was so taken aback. I mean, I like that um, it was all consensual. That, yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually like that. I thought that was like a, fre- a nice change for once um, to actually have consent. In <laughs> but um, Incredible thing. I, so I did like that part, but then I was like, okay, there is going to be no conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is no conflict in this movie. And you know what? I was I actually have to admit, I kind of enjoyed that about it. was about a feel-good yeah. movie. So friend of the show, Casey, who's been a guest before, uh, her and I have talked in the past about like kids' shows where, you know, like they have this... Uh, uh, a long part of the episode is about the conflict like maybe a kid's being picked on and most of the episode is showing the kid being picked on and you don't see until the very like last two minutes of the of the episode that the the kids who were picking on the one kid like learn to stop doing that and like so but most of the time you're seeing the bad behavior or you know whatever the societally disapproved behavior and this movie totally goes the opposite way it only shows like a mostly ideal like way to behave where you should be friendly and caring and like develop feeling for somebody over time and like practice consent and there's it's like there's no transgressions against that and it's just I was so baffled and so taken aback by an hour and a half movie with no conflict. But it was entertaining. It was refreshing, honestly. Very it nice. Was. It was very nice. It was very wholesome. Yeah. I know. I was blown away. I thought I like as I reflect on, I'm like, I probably should have hated this movie, but I kind of loved it. Dude, <laughs> it's like the same reason why you enjoy watching Bob Ross paint. 
You know, even if you're not an artist. Dude, that's so true. Yeah, it's just, it feels good to watch it, you know? It's just energizing and and refreshing. Yeah, you're just like, everyone's having a good time, you know? Yeah. Everyone is behaving well. Yeah. Everything that could be an anxiety provoking situation does not. Because it ends up being resolved in a way that everyone is still happy. Yeah. Well, you know, there is conflict in the movie, but it's all, like, external to the yeah. plot. And it's just, like... And it goes little, away so quickly. side happenstances that... Yeah, they're quickly... It's all quickly dissolved. So what do we got? We have the, um... The young girl. She's an, a young teenager in one of Brooke's classes. Right. And she oh she's uh, pining over a boy. Uh, has pining over a boy. And, and her grades are slipping. Grace Brooke, Brooke tells her to focus on her personal goals and not let her life be derailed by her significant other breaking up with her, which I actually did like that message. Yeah, it made sense. Um, and then, like, but uh, you know, that is resolved by her like, learning oh, yeah, the lesson. I'll listen to you, and I'll, I'll just tell them off. <laughs> yeah, and then like she comes to Brooke, and is like, "Oh, I, I did what you said, and can I do some extra credit to get my grades back up?" And Brooke's like, "Yeah, of course you can." <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, no, no conflict there. <laughs> like, everything works out that, great. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. And then they go to that um, Christmas festival we mentioned before, like several times throughout the movie. And at one point, there is a boy who pickpockets a friend of theirs they were talking to there. Oh right. And uh, Cole goes chasing after him, tackles him down, gets the purse back from him, and then is holding him down with a rubber sword, uh, threatening to cut his hands off because that's what they do with thieves back in his day. Yeah, so actually, this I'm glad you're bringing this up. So this is the part I took issue with. The most like <laughs> one of the most worrisome lines in the movie. Yeah. They arrest the kid for pickpocketing. I they know. show him being taken off in handcuffs. I was shook by that. Which means that the woman he pickpocketed is pressing charges. I know, but that was said, so fucked yeah, up. He's she, a teenager. So I'm really glad you brought this up because, as a fantasy movie, this film has a class struggle built right into it, and I don't like the way Just it handles jump it. jump right in. I want to jump right into this. This poor pickpocket, probably having a rough time at home, is arrested. It's not like... you know. I would have thought in a movie like this, it'd be like, well, have you learned your lesson, son? And, you know, and maybe Cole would impart some life wisdom right. about, like, nobility and being a good person. No, he's they just like, him really he's harshly. just like, dude, we, I should string you up by your thumbs and fucking murder you. Yeah. It's like, the kid's like, dude. Do you want to die or lose your hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fucked up. And then the other, the <laughs> only other, like, allusion to the class struggle of this particular film, which it exists in all fantasy movies, is there's a poor family, right? Claire's friend. My neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Claire's friend says that she, uh, her dad can't afford to buy her a new pair of gloves. And you find out that this oh. guy has four kids, just lost his wife. They're, I guess, the one poor family in town. Yeah. And this all gets resolved because everyone just chips in and buys the kids presents and gives them a big old stack of money. And it's done. It's like, yeah. okay, so there's one poor family and then the community comes together to help them. Like, I like the idea of that, but it's it is so, so nice. it is so idealistic that it just left me feeling very much like this movie does not understand that fantasy is all about in-depth class commentary. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> such a nice scene 
where they're just like all he does is give back to society when he's off work because he wants to show his kids that even when you have to work a bunch and you're really busy community still is still them. worth yeah. giving back to and then that community gives back to him and he cries and they're all like oh best christmas and i was just like oh my god this movie is amazing yeah. <laughs> my heart i mean yes i i uh, my hope is that people follow the message of this film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, and do help out those in their the community part, who are not who like are threatening to cut off a young boy's well, not, um, not that hands. Part. Not that part. You're yeah. gonna rot in jail forever, but, you son of a bitch. But that's why that. I, know, I was just like, just make him leave the fair. You're gonna rot in jail forever. That's why that scene. It's such a stark contrast to the rest of the movie where yeah. Cole is, is tackling this kid and threatening him. It's like, this does not track with what we've learned about Cole. I know. Or the people of this town who are ostensibly like willing to come together and help people rise above adversity. They arrest this poor kid. Okay, I gotta put it out there. Like This was like, this actually kind of hit a chord for me because like, I actually got caught stealing at an event when I was 15, and it was really stupid, and I felt <laughs> super stupid about it as soon as it happened, and they put me in, like, the, like, little jail box where they put people Oh, <laughs> no! The, the holding and, cell. And I'm, like, this little kid in there thinking I'm all cool and, like, then feeling super, <laughs> like, the stupidest I've ever felt in my life, yeah. probably one of the times. Anyway. And, like, there's all other people, like, who are on drugs or something going crazy in there. And um, oh, I'm just sitting there on the bench by myself. And, like, I was like, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I would just be in there the whole time or something. Yeah. But then they, like, um, talked to Jamie and his dad who were there. and uh, My dad negotiated for your release. <laughs> and they had to, like, kick me out. And, like, the... Um, woman who caught me, who it was her booth, she uh, took pity on me. Maybe something like this had happened to her when she was young. She took pity on me when they asked her if they, she wanted to press charges. She said no, she just wanted me kicked out. So I kind of paid it forward. Like, Jamie and I used to run a booth at a Ren Fair, and um, there was a young woman, probably a young college student, if even they could have been, I, I think they could have been high schoolers. Um, she stole a ring from us, and I caught her with it and took it off of her hand. And <laughs> like um, a badass. <laughs> and um, told the security we followed her around the fair until we kind of got her cornered near the entrance. <laughs> and they asked me if I wanted to press charges. I said no. I just wanted her kicked out. So um, it's, it wasn't worth it. And I didn't want her to go through that. And, like, I had done something similar before. I thought she looked miserable like I had felt before. <laughs> so I think, like, she learned her lesson. It was probably really embarrassing. She was there with a friend or a boyfriend. And um, she was probably horrified. So I think that she learned her lesson. Like, getting kicked out was probably bad enough. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. Like, the funny sidebar to that is how serious security takes it, where they're like... I remember, like, they were, like, running behind booths and they stuff. They took me with them. It was like a fucking spy mission or something. <laughs> nice. So that part was kind of cool. <laughs> she died from eating the poisoned turkey legs, which are not sanitary days later. Oh, God, never eat the turkey legs. Yeah. Yes. 
insider tip. Maybe when, maybe I'm saying too much. When we <laughs> saw this part in the movie, I was super shook because I was just like, oh my god, they're they're torturing this poor kid. Yeah, they're threatening his life and then taking him off in handcuffs. <laughs> you remember Not when cool. you rotted in jail forever, Chelsea? <laughs> it was like and 15 how minutes, had, but it felt like forever. And how we have to Skype you each episode of Swords and Satire to record this. I remember. Yeah. It's it's like uh, Skyrim, right? Like you just like have to have all of your stolen goods confiscated off of your person and and pay your fine. Yeah, and then you just have to sleep for nine hours, and they let you go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So I don't want to belabor this point too much, but it just struck a chord. No, yeah. it really does. It it does not feel in line with the rest of the positive message of this movie. Right. Yeah. It was like the one point. Of, I guess we found our conflict. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like it's in the subtext. Yeah, and it's not related to the actual to the main characters themselves, not directly. It's kind of just a throwaway because there's no like overarching lesson. There's he doesn't no, come back later. Yeah, this kid never comes back. There's no reference Did to it. Did we check for that? Are we sure he doesn't come back later? Oh man, is he gonna be? Is he the villain? Are they gonna turn him into like? So <laughs> I'm jumping ahead again. Yeah, but I'm wondering does he become the villain that? Claire, the future knight trained by Cole, has to eventually take down this evil crime lord. Who gets turned to a crime lord by the system that is unfair. Let's come back to that and rewrite it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Let's let's just make, like, a list of the nice things that happen in this movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Cole, the second he meets the old crone, is like, oh my gosh, an old woman out in the woods. Are are you all right out here by yourself? Yeah, do you, you need protecting? Yeah, do you need protecting? How about a blanket? It's cold, right? I'll give you my cape. Did you notice I'm a knight? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, dude, you're a real nice young man. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. She takes Cole in when she hits him. Brooke takes Cole in when, yeah, when Brooke she Yeah, Brooke takes Cole in. With a, yeah, just a perfect stranger that she thinks is Nuts. mentally unwell, yeah, at the yeah. very least has severe amnesia, but and she's just like, come stay in my guest house. This Not necessarily a, a healthy house. lesson. She has a huge house with like a huge yard and property and a huge guest house that is like bigger than some houses in Piedmont. I don't know about Piedmont. <clears throat> it's like bigger than your house. It's like two stories. Well, that doesn't take much. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, it's like the size crazy. of my house. I know. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so that's not a great lesson that you should uh, bring somebody into your home that you just met. I mean, maybe it's it portrays treating people with mental illness in a kind way, at least. But, yeah, I um, mean, I don't. Have a, I mean, it's not. It's amnesia. <laughs> it's an interpretation. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But, um, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah. Also, he adapts, they do think he's daft. Yes, he adapts so well to modern society, not just the technology and like the slang, but. Yeah, that example with the the niece, and he yeah. it's like can girls be knights? No, uh, you can be whatever you want. Uh, sure, I'll train you. Yeah, <laughs> is that? Yeah, he's he's ready to like make a stab at uh, training the first female knight of his order. It's true. He uh, he's calling the servers wenches in public. Oh yeah. And uh, I was I really did want him to throw his mug down like Thor. Yeah, he yeah. did say, shout, bring me another wench. And he didn't throw the cup down, but... No, but I wanted him to. Also, yeah, Brooke, her, like, ex-husband was there. Right. With, like... Her ex-fiance. Yeah, ex-fiance, who he was there with the woman who he cheated on Brooke with. 
Yeah. And then I thought this was going to be another Cole conflict. Cole stood up, drew, start, was halfway through drawing his sword before Brooke was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah no, don't please do don't draw your sword and start a, a murder spree. In yeah, he was like, restaurant. Time for a duel. <laughs> and the waitress That's sees him dumb. get up with his sword and is just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've worked retail, I get it. But, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... Like, as um, long as I don't have to clean it up, I don't care. Then Brooke is just like, you can't just do that kind of thing in this day and age. He's just like, okay. Yeah, and yeah. he gives up, like, one of... Probably the core tenets of his, like, knightly code of, like, fighting for somebody's honor. Like, he's so will- willing to be like, oh, okay, I can't do that here. All right, cool. No worries. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he would have been allowed to even duel that guy. Because you're not supposed to fight an unarmed opponent. He'd have to get him a weapon. I guess that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. But, he, but Cole might have done that. Yeah, I believe he would have. Or, like, gone for hand-to-hand combat. Oh, yeah. Fisticuffs. Oh, that would have been such a good scene where yeah. he just beats him up. But this subplot with, with Brooke's ex-fiance never comes back. All right, no. what, about, what about Brooke's sister's husband? The nicest guy in the world? Yes. After Cole <laughs> saves Brooke's niece... We meet the niece's dad. Yeah. And he just, like, comes up to to Cole, and he just picks him up in this huge hug. The biggest yeah. hug, the longest, most, like, thankful hug ever. Lifting him off the ground and, like, wiggling him back and And it's just, like, yeah. gushing over how appreciative he is. For saving his daughter. Yeah, it's so nice. It's very nice. It's, yeah. a, great, it's a great reaction. Yeah, he bonds with Cole instantly. Which is really cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I also I liked how Cole had um, like remedies. Like he had the um, oh yeah. He had the back pain remedy for the one woman's husband, and then uh, we see her husband show up, and he's like dancing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Was and he tells him to like take a bath and like I don't remember what it is like hogs pit, fat, hogs fat and, salt and, and salt and stuff like that. So hot he can barely stand it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I kind of like the bear. folk remedy thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It works, cool. I guarantee it. Yeah. And then the woman tries this crazy sounding concoction with hot water and hog fat for her husband. Because Cole is just so trustworthy that even if he told you to do the most insane thing you could think of, you'd be like, hey, I mean, if Cole says to do it, what can I say? Hey, Cole's the man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He helps them decorate their house for Christmas. He decorates the tree. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, but I took... Now, see, here's where I took my biggest issue besides the class struggle thing. He stabs his sword into the ground. Yeah. A knight would never do that. Enchanted weapon, you know? Yeah. yeah. But And then he leaves it it's out not, front in the yard not. when they go shopping. I figured, oh, somebody's going to show up and, like, take the sword, and they're going to have to go find the sword. Nope. There are so many setups... <laughs> There are so many setups for conflict <laughs> yeah. that that do not happen. It I was worried baffling. about the sword, too. And it's just like, no, nobody takes it. Nothing happens. But there's so many setups for conflict in this movie that don't happen. The closest thing, I guess, the other closest thing we get is uh, Claire and her friend being missing. And then Cole saves them from the frozen river. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta say, I think this movie is, like, a good one to make an annual classic <laughs> if you have children. Like, yeah. the morals are, like, so strong. 
Yeah. Even the part with the thief, I think he's well, showing it to a kid. Maybe maybe cover their eyes when they when they they show the thief being taken off in handcuffs. Yeah. So the kids don't normalize this extreme punitive response. It's true. At yeah. least if I'm a kid and I saw him being like, I'll cut your hands off, kid. I'll hang you to death. I'll be like, I won't steal, Cole. I'm so sorry. I won't do it. I haven't even stolen. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <coughs> oh, man. Yeah. But, oh. Yeah, I think with the kids show thing you were mentioning, this is a pretty good substitute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah people I mean, who are just you know, mostly, mostly well-behaved. I, I, I think we could dig deep and find some issues with the, like, fantastical bubblegum happiness of the movie. But honestly, I think it's not so bad to have something that's just mostly kind of banal kindness. Yeah. yeah there's not enough of that out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's The Witcher just came out, guys. Like, if you want to, like, solve your... Uh, <laughs> Your your sickly sweet feelings after um, watching the night before Christmas. Go watch Henry Cavill murder a bunch of dudes with some sweet sword techniques. Dude, the sword fighting in that is just mind blowing. You guys got to see it. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. <laughs> so I think we're ready to rate this movie, right? Yeah. So yeah. I in our traditional. Uh, system but with a slight caveat i'm going to ask you guys to tell me your rating in one to ten candy canes after you tell me an epic moment from the film that you enjoyed jack why don't you go first i think my epic moment from the film which i'm probably stealing from one of you two is when he's at the grocery store and uh he's just like oh yes this delicious mead which is what he calls hot chocolate right and uh, he's just, like, getting... It's the instant mix. So one jar contains, like, 20 servings. Probably, like, 50. Was, yeah. yeah. And he's just, like, gathering, like, six or seven of them in his arms, piling them up. And then she's just like, yo, we don't need all that. Like, <laughs> we could probably just get one. We're not stockpiling for, like, some endless winter. He just, like, looks at her with, like, this, like, look of just, like, slight disgust and, like, <laughs> just totally stubbornness. Yeah, exactly. And he's just, like, kind of starts setting them back down. She's like, oh, okay. And she looks away. He's picking them back up again. He's putting them in the cart. And she turns and sees him doing it and just looks up at him like, uh... And he's just, like, staring her dead in the eye while doing it. He just keeps doing it. And then he just, like, walks away, just maintaining eye contact. And he looks at her like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to go to the register and pay for all this hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah. she kind of resigns herself to it. She's just like, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> If it's for Cole... Yeah, yeah. Cole's the... He's the guy, you know? You do it for Cole. <laughs> All right, well, how many candy canes do you give this one, Jack? Oh, that's right. We're rating it. Um, <laughs> you just keep talking about Cole. I just like Cole, you know? He's, he's a cool guy. Uh, I'm going to give this movie... Beep, bop, boop, eight candy canes. Because... Wow. I mean, it didn't have much wrong with it, other than there were a few, there were like a few moments where I'm like, I don't know about this, the so, like, pretty much just the robbery scene. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it had good morals. It was cute. I felt good while watching it and after watching it. I want to make it like, I, like, I'd like to see it as a Christmas movie more years than just this one. <laughs> So, this will be your new tradition. This will be your new diehard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, 
eight candy canes. All right. Nice. Chelsea, your epic moment, and then your rating in candy canes. So I'm going to give a shout out to my boy Cole, too. <laughs> hey! And um, I'm going to give him some props for showing emotional intelligence. Oh, nice. In yes. the scene that yes. we talked about when uh, the neighbor comes up to him when he and Brooke are standing in front of her house getting ready to go somewhere. And she's oh. trying to flirt with him and inviting him to go Christmas caroling with her and like being suggestive that it could be more than that too. Christmas and caroling he, and chill. He kind of peeks oh yeah. He kind of peeks over at Brooke and sees like her face looking a little dejected and like, "Well, I can't stop him." So, I don't He's have a big any boy. I don't have any ties on him, but we they they were like getting to know each other better at this point. They were like kind of crushing on each other a little bit maybe without really realizing it. And um and after that, he, he just says to the other woman, thank you very much, but I, I won't be able to join you at this time. I have a prior engagement. And she just says, okay, maybe another time. And he says, perhaps. And then Brooke <laughs> asks him why he didn't agree to go with her. What was his engagement? And he said, well, I'm, I'm hanging out with you, you know. I'm spending time with you. You're my friend. I'm, we're, I'm, I, I saw your face and I, I knew it. I would rather spend time with you. And so it it, it shows that he uh, has some emotional intelligence and I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. So I saw that so, to have some real like personal strength, like inner strength mm. that he cool. displayed. Yeah. So I thought that was a great like role model for positive masculinity. Nice. So in that way, like he has some flaws, but you know, so does everybody. <laughs> So I'm going to give this movie, um, I'm going to go for eight candy canes as well. Nice. Oh, high ratings from you guys. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's a moment when uh, Brooke calls her ex a douche <laughs> and Cole's kind of like, oh, okay, so that's that's the term for this guy. All right. Like he, he knows that it's a, a, he knows that it's an insult. And then I really like how later on he refers to uh, Brooke's ex-fiance as a codpiece. <laughs> yes, that was that was my epic moment. Was uh, Cole saying that James is a codpiece? Yeah, I got yeah. a kick out of that. I really appreciated that. Nice little, nice little twist. Uh, I want to give this movie a six candy canes. No. I really liked it. I don't know personally for me how rewatchable it is, mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I I enjoyed it. I, like I said, I'm sure there's some some stuff I could pick it apart, but it was just so gosh darn wholesome. Yeah. And I think that's a, a damn fine rating. So six candy canes for me. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And I think we're going to skip the bounty board this week because uh, we're trying to do a shorter episode here. Let's jump right to rewriting history, the part of the podcast where we take the movie we just watched and come up with an idea for a sequel, a reboot, or a spinoff. So we were talking before about a sequel based on the end credits scene where his brother meets the old crone and seems like he's going to be sent forward through time or sent on his lifelong quest. And oh. he's going to be getting like that talisman that's glowing red. Do you think that this would be a romance movie? Do you think like this um, franchise that we're kind of starting here is all a series of romance uh, Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, then they're I, all romance. Then I would like, in all seriousness, for him to like come to 
the modern a, day a similar time and like have a, a gay romance i think that would be great okay yeah i'm, I'm in I'm, I'm totally down with that he's able to come to the future out of a time where that type of thing would be very very frowned upon yeah. in the 1300s and like realize maybe he sees a gay couple is like being accepted openly yeah, yeah. and then that lets him know like oh wow this is really a different time yeah. yeah, and like Cole, he just, he's a little surprised. All he does is, like, raise his eyebrows and make his yeah. eyes wide. He's just, like, okay. adapts to it instantly, the way yeah. Cole does. He's, he's like, like, maybe I could be myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Now, in the meantime, we can also go into the other plots that we've been talking about for the sequel, where Cole is training Claire to be a female knight, you know, or, yes. a knight, or, or sorry, a knight who happens to be female. Yes. If we're ta- if we're doing all this, we may as well bring his brother to uh, Bracebridge, Ohio, too, so they can like yeah, b- like still kind of have contact with each other. I mean, obviously, this town is incredibly accepting and you know uh, friendly, lovely, lovely people. Yeah, yeah, where nothing really bad ever happens <laughs> except for the. Uh, horrible assault of uh, the disadvantaged who try to resort to pickpocketing. And that's where we come up with another plot that becomes a non-subplot. <laughs> a non-conflict plot. Somehow, the pickpocket being coming back and I guess being totally reformed? Yeah, that'd be so <laughs> perfect. Where oh, he's yeah. like walking that woman around because she's a little older at this point in time. He's like... Best friends, he takes her warm meals for Christmas. Stealing your purse ended up being the greatest decision of my life. Yeah, that's Because so it made me a friend for life. <clears throat> oh my god. Yeah, that's so good. That's great. I oh. mean, this, yeah, it's not great. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. It's troubling. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't know that he was disadvantaged either. No, that's true. Yeah, it's true. He could have just been a thief. Like, I'm not condoning pickpocketing. I'm yeah, yeah. just saying that the the punishment does not seem to fit the crime in, in the case it's of true. bad trouble. Either. I mean, I assume the brother would be going to, like, 2025 or something. Where oh, okay. Cole already oh. has, like, kids with Brooke. Maybe. And is oh, like, that's has, adorable. Like, is sporting a mid-sized beard. Oh, like, yeah. Kind of regal. He's becoming nice. like a, a, a hipster out of time. Yeah. Nice. He already wore hipster sweaters. Oh, and he has his bakery because he talked about opening a bakery. Yeah, his oh, crime-fighting yeah. bakery. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He also talked about like becoming a cop, which I wasn't a huge fan of. But mm. then he seemed more... Especially given how punitive he seems to view the law. He seemed like more down with starting a bakery. So in our rewriting history, I would like for him to be a yeah. baker. Yeah. I want I want to see a future where Cole has his own little baking shop. Yeah, he he did say he's a butcher, a baker and a candlestick maker. He did say that. So he could do like so many different things. Open a general goods store. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And That's he awesome. would have like the night academy for the young people. And his brother would have had the same training so he could like come work with him at a bakery. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So he'd have a job set up. <laughs> and, and like, so how do we, like, write a movie yes, with... that's so nice. How do we write a movie? Yeah, that's how we write a movie with no conflict. I know. His brother comes <laughs> to the future, and, like, he asks, what am I going to do in this modern day? And Cole's just like, oh, I have a job for you. And then that's it. <laughs> Resolve. <laughs> 
Or, or you know, it's going to be like, oh, but in my time, I felt like I could not love the ones that I wished I could love. And then he sees, like, a gay couple. It's like, oh, cool, I can do that now, too. And this is everything's fine. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. That's really great. And then Cole and him, Cole just, like, takes him on roller coaster rides and stuff now that he's had a few years to adapt to the future. Yeah. He's like, ah. Oh. Brother, I found a movie I think you would really enjoy. <laughs> what is a movie, brother? Let me show you. This is incredible. <laughs> this technology is amazing. <laughs> I want. I also want to do a thing where, like, uh, Claire, you know, the, the niece is training to be a knight, and then she has, like, a conflict with another uh, student at school who um, maybe, like, says that, you know, training to be a knight isn't, like, proper for a young lady or something. And then she goes to Cole, and Cole's just like, just tell her that it is okay for anyone to be knights. And then Claire goes and says that to the bully kid, and then uh, that kid ends up joining the Knight Academy immediately. I know, yes. just friends. <laughs> yeah, and then, <they're, laughs> and then her and the other girl, like, they're like a... a Everything's three best friends. Immediately. Yes. Yeah. Every every potential conflict is set up and knocked down with with nary a thought. When you said that to me, it hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm really sorry. I did not want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, perhaps I shouldn't knock it until I try it. Will come train break? with us? Yeah. Oh, thank you. I think I'll go with you. I really was just jealous. I'm happy you invited me. Yeah. <laughs> What other, like, lucid deconstructions of conflict <laughs> can we throw in there? Well, everybody just talks openly about their emotions and their motivations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you and that boy are awfully close friends. Why haven't you guys gone on a date? Oh, no, we're just friends. Yes, we're strictly platonic friends. Oh, okay. That's nice. That's and fantastic. What a good series. Yeah. yeah. I want this movie. I want the brother spinoff movie. And I want the niece spinoff movie. Yeah. Knights of the Peppermint Table. Nobody, yes. Like, there could be a niece spinoff movie that's like a third movie. Like yeah. you're saying. Oh. Yeah. Where she's older and, like, she started her own night training academy. Oh, nice. Yeah. I... I Called Don't the Peppermint want, Academy. <laughs> yeah, I want it to be like their career, and you don't like acknowledge like it's not acknowledged how they make their money or anything. Yeah. Like, oh yes, we're part of a night group. The community yeah. takes care of us yeah. for the services oh. we provide. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, is this a perfect communist? Utopia? That's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess they'd all work in like candle shops and bre bakeries and. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, <laughs> coal, com <laughs> coal comes from like basically a pre capitalist age with like, you know, like, uh, like landed gentry and monarchy, which has plenty of problems and stuff. But what if he does kind of find this perfect way to turn the trades into a viable career for many young people and then like teaches egalitarianism and reciprocity and like creates this perfect utopia of everyone just taking care of each other's needs. The night the group of knights is like a non profit that just like betters society. This could <laughs> be really part neat. of the third movie plot. Sure, yeah, you gotta you gotta build it. You gotta start yeah, to blow yeah. it out into Yeah, that's this right because how, and he's expanding it, yeah. Yeah, she's from the modern time learning like their values a little bit of like what it means to be chivalrous and everything so she could take their knowledge and work it more effectively into the modern day 
She oh, could really make things. Wait, better. I've got yeah. it. We got it. I know how to do it though. This is that idea is perfect. But we then do the whole thing in reverse. Claire trains to be a knight. Yes. Goes back in time yes. to Cole's original time, oh. and all the people are like. A lady knight? We have never seen this. And she's like, I was trained by Sarah Cole. And they're like, oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then they just accept her. Yeah, they accept her. She, like, becomes, like, the queen's retainer. (laughs) (laughs) She, like, brings back a cure for the Black Death. Yeah, exactly. She just happens to have all this, like, yeah, she has knowledge that they really need. She has a cure for, like, the the plague that's sweeping them. She brings back, like, the the ability to negotiate uh, treaties and such. Within 14 years of when this movie takes place is when that starts. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, that is a very dark uh, timeline. And that could be about when she goes back. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 1348, 1349, the plague starts to sweep Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I didn't even think about that. Cole really dodged a bullet. Yeah, holy yeah. shit. And his brother, too, in our timeline. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's why Mrs. Claus was, like, cackling to herself. She's like, I'm going to save this one because Cole is my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if we do it this way where Claire comes back with the cure for yeah. the plague, and yeah. again, no conflict whatsoever. <laughs> Nobody accuses her of being a witch. Yes, or maybe somebody brings it up like, I don't know, isn't this magic possibly, like, the work of the devil? Claire's just like, no, 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 it's okay. It's called science, and everyone's doing it in the future, and everything's fine. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I love that. No worries, then. Do you want to learn it? Uh, I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe one day. (laughs) Oh, man. All All right, right. guys. Well, since this is a special short episode, I think this is probably the time that we can sign off. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, since we're doing a shorter special episode here, I think this is a good time to call it. Um, We want to thank you all for joining us this holiday season. Thank you. We'd like to wish you all a happy holiday season, and we, assuming that you're listening to this during the holidays, otherwise you're probably just enjoying this at any old time because that's how podcasts work. (laughs) But while you're out there... Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and follow our updates so you know when we release new episodes. Make sure to subscribe so that you get notified. Mm -hmm. And um, hit that jingle bell, you know? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And until next time, Hail Hail Santa. Santa! I'm going to start out with like a There's general a statement and the then past. get the detail of it. A woman in the future, beep, bop, boop, they're in love. Yeah. <laughs> beep, bop, boop. Because yeah. it's a robot love story. <laughs>